Welcome, everybody, to Infinite Scale, the ultimate growth podcast for MSPs. My name is Patrick Doherty, and I'm here once again with James Vickery, CEO of Benchmark 365. Hi, James. Hello, Patrick. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing real well, thanks. We're going to talk today about something that probably makes a lot of MSPs not feel so good, and that's cash flow and how to shore it up. What are some of the challenges that MSPs face with managing or shoring up their cash flow? Oh man, I think that every MSP at some point in their journey has struggled with cash flow. And I think we get, if we could even extend that out further, I think every small business at some point in their journey has struggled with cash flow. And the truth is, it's something that you absolutely need to get on top of if you want to grow your business. So we're going to share some ways that you can do that today. Let's run through the list. What's the list of things that um, MSPs can do to shore up their cash flow? Oh, first of all, I think one of the one of the most challenging things to implement, but one of the most effective ways to improve your cash flow is to get paid in advance as much as humanly possible for absolutely everything that you deliver. I think another way is to ensure that everything you do has a margin. We often hear in the industry that it's okay, it swings and roundabouts. I might lose a little bit of money on managed services, but I'll make it up on projects. Or I might lose a bit of money on hardware, but I'll make it up on, on managed services. This swings and roundabouts mentality is dangerous for your cash flow, and it's something that needs to be changed. Number three. We've talked about this a lot in the podcast before. Tracking and recording your time. One of the biggest expenses by far for a managed service provider is labor, whether that's your time investment because your time is incredibly precious or your employee's time. You need to make sure that you're recording the labor effort that goes into all of the services that you deliver so that who's profitable and who's not. Next one. I think sometimes what gets measured gets managed. So sometimes it's as simple as breaking out your income streams and breaking out your expenses into categories. One of the things that I've observed in looking at MSP financials over the last few years is that often there's just an income line on the income statement and there's an expense line. And what, as a result of that, you might show that you're looking profitable, but you might find when you break it out into categories that a lot of the products and services you sell are in fact not profitable. And it might only be one or two things that you do actually generating the income for your business. All right, and lucky last. I think that one thing we all need to be very wary of today is not getting locked in with vendors for long-term contracts unless you are 100% certain that they're going to continue to enhance the product or service that they've made you sign up for and that you can pass on that fee structure to your customer with an appropriate margin or that there is a discernible cost saving in you purchasing that product for that period of time. I think more and more we're seeing vendors trying to extend out their terms for many years. The more that you can negotiate that down to something more manageable, the better. Right. So they're, they're five pretty easy things that you could probably put together in an afternoon. <laughs> I think that they, all of these things need a little bit more explanation and a little bit more work to implement, for sure. All righty. So let's go back to the top getting paid up front. How do you make that happen? Yeah, this is a challenge for a lot of MSPs, particularly if you've been doing this for a long time. If you've set the expectation with your client that you'll do a piece of work for them or you'll ship out a laptop or you'll ship out a piece of software and they can just pay you in seven days or 14 days or 30 days or, as I said before, whenever they feel like it, 
that puts you in a very precarious position. And some of the things that we've implemented in our MSP is even though we're a managed service provider, we still did a lot of hourly work and we converted the hourly work into blocks of time. So we went out to our customers at the time. We said, guys, we'd love to continue. to. We have a managed services offering. We know that you don't want to go with our managed services offering. We want to keep supporting you, but we need to receive a prepayment for a certain number of hours per month. And we need to be we need to make sure that we've got enough in the bank from you in order to deliver the service to you when you need it. And that was a difficult thing at the time. But what we found is that 90% or so of our break-fix customers converted over to that model and quite happily purchased those blocks of time. It was just a different way of looking at how they would fund their IT services to us. Likewise, one of the things we moved away from very early on in our MSP career, largely because we got caught out a couple of times, is that we had to say to our customers, look, if we're going to go and purchase highly expensive products for you like workstations or servers or laptops we need to receive the payment in advance so that we can go and purchase the goods and ship it out to you which is all well and good but if you've been in a relationship with someone for a while and it's been working the other way that's not an easy conversation to have right especially with someone who might be an important client how do you how do you at least broach the subject in a way that makes sure that they can they're going to listen to that all that logic that you just went through yeah, sometimes it's not. We, we talked about this during the last podcast. Not everything has to be the big bang, right? Not everything has to be like rip the Band-Aid off, change the way you do business overnight. Sometimes it's breaking it down into smaller pieces. For example, the first thing that we did was uh, start charging in advance for hardware. We said to our customers, look, the margins are very thin on hardware. We're not making a huge amount of money out of this. And then when we have to apply credit terms, on top of that, it means we're actually losing money on the products. So we went and sat down with every customer and we said, look, guys, this is just not working for us. We know that we've set this expectation in the past, but we need to change it or we need to do we need to do something like maybe raise prices and nobody wants to hear that. And so what ended up happening is a lot of our customers just accepted that. It really wasn't as hard as we thought it was going to be. And then later on down the road, we started saying, hey, now we're going to start billing in advance for services, whether that's managed services or whether it's blocks of time. But we didn't just rip the Band-Aid off and upset our whole customer base in one hit. We took measured steps to get to this point. So pick your battles and have a bit of a plan for how you're going to approach it. Absolutely. You don't have to eat that elephant in one day. These are large business initiatives, and it's all about picking your moment and picking your time. But ultimately, what we want to do is get your MSP in a very strong position. And the strongest position you can be in is that the cash is in your bank, not the customer's. Okay, number two, avoiding swings and roundabouts. Yeah, this is something we talked about in Infinite Scale in the book. It's something that we still hear um, in the industry a lot. This concept of swings and roundabouts is an old tale about running a fair. And you run the fair and, you know, what you lose on the swings, you make up for on the roundabouts. But the fair is not a service business. A fair is a bunch of rides, right? And your business is not like that. Your MSP is just not like that. You need to make a margin on every single product and service that you sell. You can't hope that maybe you lose money on managed services, but you'll make it up on a project later in the year. And too often, we see MSPs go into into deals where they charge a very low seat fee. They say, that's okay. Later on this year, the client's going to upgrade. They're going to buy a new server. They're going to buy new workstations. They're going to do this and that. It's all going to be great. 
only to find out that the customer says, actually, no, we're not going to do that this year. And now you're losing money on your contract. So swings and roundabouts doesn't work in service businesses. You need to stop and sit down and figure out what is an appropriate margin for every product and service you sell. And if your client doesn't want to buy that product at that margin, then maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's actually good. You're not losing money on a particular product. You can spend that time and effort selling that product or service to somebody else that can afford it. And that's a good lesson, I think, for this year. Think about where the world was just 12 months ago. It would have been really hard to anticipate that we are where we are. So putting off the roundabout for the swing right now can have those sort of unintended consequences when you really can't predict the future. One one thing that we saw with a lot of MSPs is that there was no break-even point set in the managed services contract, meaning that when the customer decided to downscale from, say, 20 seats down to five, the contract wasn't profitable at five seats. So the, the customer would say to the, the provider, hey, we're five users now, we're not 20. And the MSP had set a particular price point where they were only making money at 20. They weren't, they couldn't make money at that same seat rate at five. So it's very important that you're not that you're not discounting or doing volume discount unless you understand the consequences of what happens when the volume goes away. Next one is really about tracking time. Yeah, and look, I know it's the least favorite habit of an MSP. Engineers don't like doing it. Even MSP business owners don't like doing it. But your biggest expense by far is time. Whether it's your own time that you'd normally be out there spending on uh, marketing or selling or growing your business, every moment that you're spending on a customer is a highly expensive exercise. And your employees are the most expensive line items in your company by far. So it is critical that you track and record your time against every customer agreement, against every hour of delivery, so that what's profitable and what's not. And I think even in our last podcast, we talked about this concept of microservicing. Often when customers just call up and it's just five minutes, just another five minutes, it's 50 times a month, that really adds up in terms of distraction for your business, you need to know. So that means every transaction must be recorded in the form of a ticket and all of your time must be recorded against those tickets. It's so crucial. And one observation that we'd make is that when MSPs start to truly record and understand how much effort's going into customers, that's when they will realize that there's sometimes a labor cost problem as well. And so there are other ways to address that. And then you also recognize the kind of time that's just not utilized, right? Yeah. Often this is a huge eye-opener. We do, again, we look at a lot of MSP financials. We survey a lot of MSPs. We we look at this stuff. That's our business here at Benchmark. And one of the things that MSP business owners are shocked about is they think the team are busy, but really what's happening is that they might have some peak periods during the day, but they're really not that busy, stretched out or strung out over a month or over a year. And that's often a huge eye-opener. And sometimes it takes someone to sit down and look at, well, how can we make this MSP more operationally efficient? How do we deal with those peak times without having to carry extra labor cost in the times where things are a bit low or there's not too many tickets coming in? The next point builds on that, this kind of idea of not only tracking your time, but also your income and your expenses. Yeah, and this is probably one of the least favored parts of running a business is actually sitting down and looking at the financials and 
doing the math. I know when I was a younger MSP business owner, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to run a profit and loss statement. I didn't want to look at an income statement. I didn't know what a balance sheet was and I just avoided it. To me, it was all about what's in the bank. And so I would just look at what's in the bank and is there enough in the bank to pay my bills? And truthfully, often there wasn't. And that's because I didn't sit down and spend a couple of hours each month analyzing the financials. And one of the things that I learned to do along the way in my career is to stop and categorize everything by line item. So there are different income streams. One income stream might be MSP. Another income stream might be break fix or project labor. Another income stream might be hardware and another might be software. It is so important that you break out these categories in your income statement, in your software, and then record your expenses against them. And you may well find that some of the things that you do as a business are actually really profitable and are really great things to focus on and other things are a waste of time. A great example is how many products do we resell for vendors. Let's take Microsoft. How many 365 licenses do we sell? And it all looks good from a revenue perspective, but what are you actually making out of it? And what can you do to make that line item more profitable today? Speaking of vendors, that's our last point on shoring up your cash flow. Try not to get fleeced by them. That seems like a fairly good piece <laughs> of advice. <laughs> that's a very Australian thing to say. Don't get fleeced. But we're observing out there more and more MSPs that have entered the market that have been informed by a vendor, hey, just buy our product, um, buy our tool, sign this three-year agreement. We're going to be with you all the way. We're going to do a great job for you. This is the product that's going to make your MSP a success. And increasingly, we're coming across MSPs with serious cash flow problems and they can't get out of these agreements and the customer's not buying that product and this product is of not much use to their business because they haven't grown as quickly as they thought they were going to grow. And so I know a lot of us out there listening today have been through this experience, but some of the up-and-comers haven't. Be very cautious about what vendors are telling you. If you can, go with a month-to-month agreement. Try not to get enter into a long-term agreement. If you can't avoid the long-term agreement, make sure you get some guarantees as to what features and enhancements are coming down the line for these products. Too often, we see that venture capital has bought one of these major vendors. They bought the vendor, and then from there, they've not invested another dime in development. You're locked in for three years, and you've got a cash flow problem. That's not a good thing. And so if you can avoid that, I think that is one of the biggest biggest things that you can do to prevent cash flow problems in your MSP. So in your experience, James, I think a lot of people, when they're presented with the price or the terms of a contract, they just assume that's the way it is and they don't negotiate. Are most things really negotiable? Look, I think they are. And obviously, I can't speak for all vendors out there. I know we benchmark our services as a month-to-month. The commitment that we made very early on with our MSP partners is that we wanted this service to work for them and we wanted to offer a flexible, a flexible agreement where it's a monthly service rather than a long-term contract. Now, some other vendors are far stricter where they insist that, no, if you want to work with us, you need to sign on for two years or three years. But through the grapevine, I've heard that many of these things are negotiable. So also be aware that none of these things are generally urgent. There's not a lot of urgency to buy some of these products or tools. And vendors are great at creating that sense of, you need this right now to grow your business. There's no other way. You absolutely need this documentation platform. You absolutely need this RMM tool or you're just not in the game. That's proven time and time again to not be entirely true. I think that what's 
we've talked about this extensively, what grows an MSP is sales. And so the more energy and effort that you put into sales and the more you can free up your cash flow for marketing activities, the more likely it is that you're going to be able to grow beyond the average MSP. And then perhaps if you're interested in some of these vendor products, perhaps you've got a little bit more money and able to invest in them then. Something else you've talked about, <clears throat> excuse me, in relation to vendors is being able to pass on the cost. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's important as well is that there are tools out there that will reduce your labor effort. And some make some very bold claims, but there are certainly some tools out there that might save you half a technician. An automation tool, for example, might save you a full-time resource or might consolidate some of the other tools that you have out there. And that's great. But most of the vendor products out there are designed to be resold. And if you don't believe that you can sell 100 or 500 or 1,000 or 2,000, whatever the minimum is, if you don't believe you can sell that within a very short span of time, then it's not a good idea to enter into a three-year agreement. I'll share my own experience. More than 10 years ago, more than a decade ago, I bought into a particular RMM tool. They convinced me that we needed 1,000 seats. At the time, I think our business was only... 200 or 300 seats under management. They convinced me, no, you'll sell this in no time. And it took us years. (laughs) It took us years to recover the costs. It was excruciatingly painful. It affected our cash flow. They had debits set up on our account. So we had to pay it no matter what. And I ended up paying this vendor rather than actually spending that money on things like paying myself as well as marketing and sales activities. So I think Whatever you buy, you need to know that it's either going to have an immediate effect on your cash flow by reducing your cost, or you're able to sell it at a decent enough margin and you're able to sell a lot of it. Often these products only have a dollar or two margin on them. You've got to sell a lot of product to really get a return on that. And so I think it's important to sit down and do the math. A big part of this is data, right? A big part of this is having the information about your business, tracking everything and being really cross where the money's coming from, when you're getting it, how you're spending it, and how you're being valued. And then the flip side of that, on the other 50% of it is negotiation skills. You've got to be able to negotiate with your customer if you need to change up the, the payment conditions and equally how to talk to a vendor. Absolutely. And I think ultimately this is confidence. Have Being able to sit down with your customer and say, okay, like how many places these days can you just get a product or service delivered without paying for it? Without yeah. like paying for it when you feel like it. You can't walk into you know, too many venues these days and not pay in advance. You can't get too many services these days without paying in advance. Your business is no different. And I think that's why we put that as the number one thing for cash flow. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. As long as you're getting paid in advance, you have some semblance of control over your cash flow. And I think that if we take anything away from today's podcast, that would be the biggest one. Great. Thanks, James. Thank you, Patrick. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Infinite Scale, the growth podcast for MSPs. Take care now. See you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to get your own copy of Infinite Scale, just go to benchmark365.com. And if you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions for future podcast episodes, just drop us a line at hello at benchmark365.com. Thanks for listening.